Welcome to Talking Shop from Vixen Labs, the podcast making voice work for marketers. In this series, we dive into the data, scour the case studies, and bring you the business insights you need to build voice into your digital and marketing strategies. I'm your host, James Poulter, CEO at Vixen Labs, and each week I'll be joined by industry leaders to help us get really practical when it comes to building voice into your marketing strategy. Whether you're wondering how voice search can help customers find you, or how voice applications can enable you to connect and convert customers, well, this is the show for you. Okay, let's get talking. Well, this week on Talking Shop, we are talking about travel. Probably one of the sectors that has been the most disrupted, the most fraught in recent months, and certainly over the past 18 months. For some of us, we've not gotten on planes, trains, or automobiles for a very long time. But as the world begins to open up, We're using our voices more and more to find out where we can travel, how we can travel, and where we should go. And that is now what we're going to talk about here on this week's episode of Talking Shop. And I'm very excited to have one of the Vixen clients here, Lottie Norman from Kentucky Travel, and she's going to introduce herself now in just a minute. But just to uh, bring you the context here, we've worked with Kentucky now for a few weeks, getting them sorted on a new skill project that they've had out in the past. And it's exciting to see where they're going in the future in voice an innovative travel company, one that's been doing lots in the world of content marketing and really has its finger on the pulse of what people are looking for in terms of where to to travel to and particularly what type of experiences customers are looking for. So Lottie, welcome to Talking Shop. Why don't you just tell us a little bit about who you are and uh, how you ended up doing the job you do now? Yeah, sure. Hi, James. So yeah, I'm Lottie Norman. Um, I'm the content marketing director at um, Contigi. So Contiki is a travel company for 18 to 35-year-olds. Um, we've been around since 1962, so we're very much a heritage brand. Um, very well known in Australia, less so in the UK. Um, the US is very much our growth market at the moment. And so everything we're doing is very much focused on how do we reach and talk to young people? Where are they? What do they want to know? Um, and how do they um, want to have travel experiences in today's climate. Um, and obviously, that's just been accelerated with the pandemic. But, you know, everything we're doing is very much trying to be at that cutting edge of technology, being where they are. Um, a little bit about myself. I spent many years working in agencies, um, very much in the social and innovation space, looking at sort of new ways to talk to people and reach people. Very much specialised in travel, working on Qantas and Expedia and, and you know, other travel companies like that. And then, yeah, jumped at the chance three years ago to move to Contiki um, and have the challenge of, you know, focus very much on Gen Z and millennial audiences and, you know, being very targeted in what we do. And obviously with that brings so much opportunity to do cool things, which is what Contiki is about. Well, and you, you mentioned there in your intro that, um, you know, the, the business has obviously had a kind of radical change in the past couple of years. I mean, you've been there for three years. Two of those have basically been spent under life under the pandemic. So. As we're emerging from that time, and as I say, travel, it's you know, one of the most disrupted industries we've seen during COVID. Obviously, now, uh, just this week, um, as we record here in the UK, travel restrictions are lifting and changing yet again. The, the amber, red and green list countries are being scrapped in favour of a go, no go kind of policy. How are you guys thinking about educating that audience of 18 to 35 is about where they can travel to and how they can get about. Like, what some of the challenges that you guys are facing as we actually go back to people being able to travel, not just being stuck where they are? Yeah, it is a challenge. Um, to be honest, so much is guided by government restrictions and things which are totally out of our control. 
I think from a, a marketing and a sort of communications perspective, our position is very much being, you know, we want to be the trusted advisor. We want to be the place. There's so much information out there. I recently came back from a trip to Greece myself and just trying to work out what I have to do, where, and I work for a travel company, um, was a minefield. So, you know, trying to be that trusted advisor, trying to simplify all the communications. We also work quite closely with the governments and the airlines and people like that. So, you know, that's very much our position. And what we've seen from our audience is they just really want someone to hold their hand through this. Um, they want to travel. They've got pent up adventure sort of. You know, they've missed out on birthdays and graduations and, you know, all these great things, which, you know, Contiki is very much a rite of passage uh, for young people. Um, and so, you know, there is a lot of lost opportunities um, and missed moments. So our position very much is how do we understand what they need to know, what their concerns are, what their questions are, um, and basically address that through content and through communications and really be that kind of trusted advisor in the space and give them the security. And I think for us, we're in a very fortunate position where our brand is very much being a group travel company is very much about taking being hassle free travel and doing it for you. And I think that just gives us that edge a little bit. But ultimately, that's just what we're seeing everyone wants is, you know, they want to know that if something happens, they can get their money back. They want to know what happens um, in terms of do they have to be vaccinated to go? What are the different country restrictions? Um, and just really have someone who understands that space more than anything. Well, one of the things that has also happened during the pandemic is not only people have been confused about where they can go and what they can do, but because we've all been at home, the um, the, the explosion really of digital channels and particularly the depth of uh, reliance upon those has grown exponentially, right? And that's not just in voices we're obviously concerned about here, but also in other forms of content in social. We're seeing you know, TikTok, Instagram, Twitter. These are all changing their methods of how they connect with often those younger audiences. How are you guys thinking about what channels are the right places now to connect with these, you know, often kind of, you know, late Gen Z, you know, kind of uh, the, or the early or late millennials? I don't quite know. I feel like I'm a, mid, a middle life millennial now. So it's like, which, whichever of these audiences, what channels are you actually thinking about are the places to really connect with them? Because there's been so much fragmentation. Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so we historically are very much focused on, you know, from a social perspective, it's very much been Instagram. That's been the sort of the inspiration platform, particularly for travel content in general. We're also very fortunate that we have our own editorial platform. And that's been, you know, a great way of doing deeper storytelling involving influencers, involving content creators and sort of doing a bit more sort of immersive experiences. But a few years ago, we moved into podcasting. Um, and, you know, what we found is it was a great way of telling stories, but not being too intrusive. So people sort of opted in a lot more. And we became part of people's everyday lives. So people listening on a train, people, you know, listening by the swimming pool, whatever it may be. And so, you know, that's kind of our approach at the moment is these sort of less intrusive channels and, and also the reality of social being so much as sort of guided by the algorithms and a pay to play environment. You know, we don't have, we haven't been able to operate many trips in the last two years. You know, we're slowly getting there, but our paid media budgets are, you know, a fraction of what they were a few years ago. So it's just not really feasible to be relying on broadcast messaging and broadcast media for us at the moment. So it really is like a content-led approach. And it starts with just truly understanding where our audience is and what they want as well. I think second to that, you know, TikTok has been huge for us. Um, we know that's where our audience is. 
but you know interesting conversations happening of like what is the role of a brand in that space you know what is our role and I think you know one thing we've done we've done lots of sentiment surveys and studies with our audience and questionnaires and all sorts and I think you know ultimately young people at the moment want to have some fun um, they want to get back out there. They want to have this real world connection again. You know, everything's been through second screens and this, this desperate need for connectivity. Um, and just to experience things again, you know, we did a study, um, recently and it came out about sounds and smells were the biggest things people were missing about travel. Um, and it is that sort of, you know, the different getting off an airplane when it's really hot and that humid smell and that feeling. And that moment of, you know, getting back and sharing memories with and having new friends. And it really is like it's not a marketing sales ploy. It's like truly what people want. Yeah, it's that, that, that smell of the sand in the heat, the taste of sun cream running in your face. It's kind of what people want. Exactly. And, you know, you know, sangria going over the ice cubes. And it really is those moments. And I think, you know, what we've been focused on as a brand as well is how do we remind people of how good travel is um, and, you know, get people to just get out there and start exploring the world again because there is a nervousness and there is, you know, a reluctance and particularly for our audience, the past two years have kind of really been a struggle. Um, You know, they've had to do university degrees through Zoom and Hangouts and they haven't had those same connections and community moments. So, you know, for TikTok and for the channels and turning it back into that, it's about any channel where we can showcase how fun travel is. And that's where TikTok's been great. The podcast has been great. And of course, now voice is another one, which is, you know, it's we know what people are searching for. So how do we bring that to life through different content streams? And I want to come to the, the voice and search piece in a minute, but let's just stick on the podcast, as you mentioned. Really interestingly, you guys ran the show during the, the summer months called Out of Office, Unusual Circumstances, kind of looking at the impact that the pandemic has had and thinking about kind of the, the changing kind of lifestyles that many of those young people are going to go through. It's been a really interesting show to look at. You've looked at things like the future of work, the female revolution in India, some really kind of fascinating topics. Why was it important to kind of bring those human stories to life in an audio medium like that? What what difference does that make compared to, yeah, just putting it out on TikTok or, or putting it out as a, a series of tweets? Yeah, I mean, we're very fortunate that, number one, the degree lends itself to storytelling so well. Um, and also as a brand, you know, we're very big on sustainability. We um, have great experiences where, to the point of the India empowerment, you know, we work with... Um, you know, providers who have a story to tell. Um, it, so we had such an, a lot of great stories and very human stories, which sort of bring to life the benefits of travel and the education around travel. So we had these living in editorial format and editorially they're very strong. But what we were seeing is, you know, with more and more people looking for podcasts, they were looking for, they didn't want you know, a travel podcast, which was just going to talk about where we go and what you can do and do this with Kentucky. Pretty depressing when you can't go anywhere, right, as well? <laughs> yeah. Well, we actually launched out of office before the pandemic. Um, so we, we did the first series where ultimately we just decided to test the ground, see sort of what appetite was. And we started just turning some of our best performing editorial pieces into podcasts, ultimately. And we've got lots of ambassadors and friends of the brand who have gone on, who have traveled with us, who have then gone on and become, you know, musicians or content creators or influencers in their own right. You know, so we just reached out to our network and just thought, you know, let's just have a chat about the power of travel. 
and just interesting topics, things which were just great stories. So it was never a sale. It was very much top funnel just to, you know, have some fun and enjoy sort of telling these stories. And then when the pandemic hit, you know, more and more people were again turning to podcasts. So we felt like it was a great opportunity to gain the, the stories and the issues which were affecting our audience around things like dating. How do you date now? And, you know, um, work and how that had changed and work-life balance. And we've got some um, influencers in our network who had become content creators who suddenly for the first time ever, they couldn't travel. So, and, you know, that was their livelihood. So we thought there was a really nice angle to start telling some of these stories and to um, do a kind of bonus edition, um, which we called Unusual Circumstances. And, you know, the vision for us is very much just to keep telling these stories and through voice and through through podcasts, it means we can really get into people's psyches a bit more. We can really start to have a meaningful connection with them. And it enables us to kind of really grow that community feel around our stories, whereas editorial is quite one-dimensional. We don't know much about someone once they, you know, their feelings, their emotions once they've left that piece of content, whereas podcasts, like, they keep coming back. We get the comments across social. We get the comments across um, the different providers. And, you know, we feel we get lots of requests. Can I? I've got a great story to tell. I went on Kentucky. It changed my life. Things like that. So, you know, it really gives us a platform to have a community conversation. And you use that word conversation. I think that's important as we kind of talk about some of the other things you're doing in the, um, I suppose, in the overall mix. You mentioned it's that kind of top of the funnel awareness opportunity. And we see this from the research that we've done in the Voice Consumer Index this year, that you know, that's the thing that where there's a huge opportunity, right? Capture attention through through content. But further down that funnel, you guys are doing a lot in the world of conversation. You've got live chat on the website. You've got 24-hour support, you know, kind of uh, which not every travel brand provides. How are you learning from customers in that scenario? Like what types of things have emerged over the past few months that are things that you maybe wouldn't have learned if it wasn't for having these you know, live chat channels, which I know isn't powered by a chatbot, it's real people, or you know, through um, the customer support lines or even through voice and search. Just tell us a little bit about some of the things you've learned about what people are looking for. It's a really good um, call out because it pretty much is central to every part of the business. Um, and I guess it's never been as important as it is as we emerge post-pandemic. Um, and so, you know, we get a lot of insight from our live chat and from our conversations and our call centers. Also, we get lots of insight from our social posts, social comments and DMs and all of that stuff. But, you know, we've learned things and we've pivoted our product um, accordingly. So, you know, we've seen lots of, um, we've seen lots of people asking shorter trips, you know, just want to do something short, just get away. So we launched our detour product, which is, you know, smaller, immersive, skills-based. Um, we've also seen a lot of people asking about accommodation. You know, it's, they want to know where they're staying and they want something which is going to be quite wow. So then, you know, we've taken that to some of our new partners and we've partnered with the likes of Selena and Generator Hostels and you know, it's it's enabled us to kind of have a finger on the pulse of what young people want from travel experiences now. Um, a few other things, you know, we recently did uh, when the Met Gala and everyone was creating memes, we, we created our own of Kim Kardashian's, you know, outfit and talked about sort of um, when you realise that you're sort of aged out of Kentucky because of the pandemic. And that was a really interesting one. It was, you know, quite a flippant social engagement post. But the comments, when you read it, I think we had sort of about three, four thousand comments across different channels. And everyone's talking about, you know, there needs to be a Kentucky for people who are in their sort of later 30s. 
if I had a chance of just doing one more Contiki. So, you know, we're looking at opportunities there of, you know, what do we do for people who have aged out during the pandemic? Do we offer something special? Do we do a sort of, um, you know, a Contiki Plus exclusive or, you know, different things? And, you know, it's just testament, I guess, to our community and um, really inspiring what we do as a business. Um, and, you know, it does go across, you know, inside chat and um, on the chat bots and all of this stuff and our call centers. And we really start to understand exactly what they're doing and what they want from travel experiences. So another one we recently introduced was uh, we historically we have done coach travel. Um, that is kind of the bread and butter of Kentucky. But we'd seen lots of people, you know, uh, asking about interrailing and asking about trains and other forms of transport. And so, you know, a couple of years ago, we launched different train itineraries as well. So it takes out the coach aspect. And that, again, that insight came from our community and came from um, our call centers and what people were saying they wanted. Following the success of our first voice commerce report, we're back. I'm proud to announce the launch of the Voice Consumer Index 2021. Brought to you by the team at Vixen Labs in partnership with Open Voice Network. The Voice Consumer Index 2021 is an in-depth look at people's behaviours around voice assistance on smart speakers, mobile and web across the US, UK and Germany. The Voice Consumer Index explores seven key sectors, banking and insurance, retail, food delivery, entertainment, consumer packaged goods, healthcare and travel. And we have a host of free materials to help you get the best start. Head to vixenlabs.co to access all of the Voice Consumer Index findings. If you're after a one-to-one consultation tailored to your industry, then email us at podcast at vixenlabs.co. Include the code VIXENPOD21 in your email for a 10% discount on the consultation fee. not just new products that you guys have been developing but also new services and utilities and things which kind of brings us now into the kind of the voice space so one of the skills that you guys launched for alexa a couple of years back was continue pack my bags which was a kind of bag packing utility we're now working with you guys to rebuild something new and exciting which i'm not going to give away right now but you know tell us a little bit about why you first entered into that voice market and and what uh, again what have you learned about um the way in which consumers want to connect with brands like Contiki through voice how does it differ from maybe the other types of digital channels that you guys use yeah um I mean we entered into uh, the skill world based on an insight that some of our best performing content across our editorial platform was what do I pack um still today you know six years on the best performer has been like what adapter do I need for different places um and I think we all sort of get there when you come to packing like is it the U.S. one? And it is that utility content, which we know. So it is much more, how do we nurture people who have booked a Kentucky? How do we start to engage them and get them talking and getting them excited about their upcoming trip? So we kind of thought then, hang on, this, this content lends itself so well to voice. And it's then, you know, you can imagine someone packing their bags and asking the skill, sort of, what do I take? And, you know, it also gave us a way of kind of having a bit of a relationship and injecting some fun and our fun tone of voice into something which is very utility based. So yeah, we, we, we started thinking about it in that aspect. And it was very one dimensional. It was, you know, we'll just bring to life some of our packing guides, we'll push it out through some paid media. So everyone knows it's there. 
it's a shiny new tool. No one else in the travel industry is really doing too much. So, you know, we can get a little bit of brand fame that we're doing this. It's something cool young people can sort of have a play around with. And that's kind of where our initial thought sort of stopped, I guess. But then what we've seen is, you know, we've been talking to um, different tourist boards about this, and everyone's quite excited by this new world of voice and and how we can start to engage and use it more for a top of a, a higher up the funnel activation and start to inspire people about travel and destinations. And uh, I think the biggest thing we've seen is when people use the packing guides, they're you know, sort of nine times out of ten have booked a Contiki and they're using it that way because, you know, they're doing it to help prepare and understand. It's kind of part of their journey experience in a way. Exactly, and understand what they need. And, you know, we've we used it as a nice angle to try and get in some of our sustainable products and, and some of the, do a little bit of education around the types of experiences you will be doing on these trips. But there is a huge opportunity for us to actually be a little bit more fact-driven and use it to really educate people on different destinations and and sort of really start to inject the uniqueness of, you know, different places and excite them and then, you know, the places which you can only go with our brand. So I think there is a huge opportunity for the travel industry in general to start using voice in more of a sort of inspirational way. And maybe in more places as well, right? Not just necessarily in smart speakers, because I think that's one of the things that's really interesting for the market that you guys tap into, you know, 18 to 24 year olds, uh, the highest usage of things like Siri and Google Assistant on their phones, not just on smart speakers. And, you know, they're using that a lot for search. And you mentioned this earlier on is that, you know, search is, is a kind of the name of the game when it comes to travel, right? It's the first place that we start when you're down the pub and someone's saying to you, where are you going on holiday this year? And the next thing you're doing is, you know, searching Google for, for answers. Where does search factor into this kind of voice journey for you guys? Tell us a little bit about kind of what you're learning from that as well. Yeah, so search was kind of um, the inspiration around starting this journey, to be honest with voice. You know, travel lends itself, as you say, so well to search, but also things such as image search. You know, someone mentions they've stayed at, you know, a slightly less well-known part of New Zealand. The first thing you do is you do a Google image search and you want to see what it looks like. You want to see is it something you then want to read more articles about or start to explore a bit more? So, you know, we see that um, across our site. We see that through um, Google Search Insights as well. You know, we've seen the searches for Contiki increase recently on the back of different uh, borders opening and travel restrictions lifting. And so, yeah, I think that is so critical to everything we're doing. It informs our social content. It informs what products we start to push now you know, more tactical sales messaging as well. And ultimately, it informs kind of where we should be focusing our efforts from a marketing perspective and a business perspective as well. So to be honest with us, given our audience is just, you know, digital first, they're searching, whether it's through voice, whether it's through Google, whatever it may be, they, you know, they are asking questions and they want to know answers. And that's kind of our job is to interject that and create content and pivot the product as well if needs be around what people are wanting so yeah i mean search literally runs through everything we do and we're very much i'd say it's so a search first business and that, that's quite a sophisticated approach to actually be really thinking about the product adaptation as well and then selling the, the right thing through i suppose the interesting thing with that is it creates an expectation with customers that you are there through that whole journey and one of the areas that must have been severely impacted is customer service uh, you know obviously at the start of the pandemic, things being locked down, mass cancellations, people really struggling to know what they can do, 
credits from airlines. It, you know, the list, we all know, we've all experienced it, the list goes on of just how much disruption it is. I'm sat on a lot of big A vouchers right now, and I'm hoping that my COVID tests are going to be ready for you know, a flight in a couple of weeks' time. Tell us just a little bit about what you guys have experienced and how you've had to level up and maybe shift with COVID when it comes to customer service. Has it had a real impact on the channels that you use and the way in which you help people through that journey? Yeah, I think the biggest thing for us, again, it comes down to sort of our core demographic and audience. And, you know, it, it's instinctive of them to go straight to social. That's where they want their answers. So, you know, we had to pivot a lot of our, um, some of our more open age brands still, you know, it's a traditional call center kind of approach. Whereas for Contiki, it is looking at technology and how can technology can enable us to be quick and give more instantaneous responses and really help guide people through the whole process. Like we know it's a challenge. We've all experienced it ourselves. But, you know, we did things like um, our live chat now is integrated with our Facebook Messenger. So when anyone messages us, instead of getting a bot response, they go straight through to a live chat, which is an actual human 24-7 who can answer their questions and really guide them. Um, you know, young people, they don't really want to pick up the phone. Um, they want to do it through instant messenger. They want to be able to just get their response and say what they want to do. The other thing we've done and um, we've had to pivot to is integration of WhatsApp as well. Um, just providing another opportunity for sort of instantaneous contact with us. And I think, you know, we've all seen it with brands where you, you send a complaint or you ask a question and you don't hear back for a week. Um, and it, it doesn't, particularly in the travel industry with so many brands, sadly, you know, having to um, cease trading and things. You know, we saw it with STA and we've seen it with a few others such as Flashpack and, you know, I think that confidence with um, our audience is so critical that, you know, we're still here, we're still trading, we're riding the storm with you, like, you know, your credits are safe. Um, as soon as we can get back out there, we will. And that's very much been our positioning across content as well with a whole stream dedicated to kind of back on the road um, and really putting that confidence. And I think, you know, that has started very much with that customer service led being present, being there and being able to respond. You know, sometimes the responses aren't always what people want, um, but at the same time, at least they're hearing back from us. You mentioned Facebook Messenger, you mentioned, um, you know, obviously WhatsApp integration. So these conversational channels and obviously reliance also on things like Instagram, you know, massively in terms of the content side. As we record this this past week, I couldn't talk to you without asking you this about this question of we we kind of found ourselves in a uh, an unknown world where all of these channels were off for six hours now you know how much long-term consequential damage i think that makes to a brand is yet to be seen but the question that has come out of the the facebook outage that we experienced last week and yes okay someone messed up a dns record it happens but when you think about the the reliance upon some of these big social channels to provide some of that customer service does that bring you any pause for thought or any concern about are we becoming too reliant upon these big outsource places and you know whereas on the website for example you've got your own chat and you are relying upon bots you're doing it yourselves how does the brand think about that and not not just in the wake of the the past <laughs> week's events but more broadly you know we see a lot of brands moving towards things like custom assistance and owning their own tech stack and you know kind of owning that across all the channels whether that's the app or the website Wh where does that factor into Contiki's thinking right now particularly in the light of what's just happened yeah, I mean, Monday was a, a crazy day for um, everyone involved. But I think, you know, from our side, is we're not reliant on one channel. Um, and that's the key thing for us is 
it didn't really impact us because, you know, we do have the live chat on the website. We still have, you can still pick up the phone and call people at Contigi. And I think, you know, we've still got email and, you know, our approach, I guess, to a lot of these. And we've seen it in, in recent years where we used to spend quite heavily on sort of social platforms. And, you know, it was very much at the mercy. You never truly own that audience and you're very much at the mercy of kind of the tech giants and the algorithms and everything else. And obviously they still play a huge role in kind of our everyday comms because it's where our audience is. But we're definitely focused very much on trying to own more of an audience. So we're fortunate we launched our editorial platform sort of six years ago. We do more there. It has email attached to it. It's much more kind of our own community outside of social. Obviously, we use social still to drive people there. But I think, you know, we're definitely very conscious as, you know, we've seen over the years the different channels we've spent on and then different things changing and adoption trends changing. Um, a good example for us was about sort of five years ago, maybe longer, and we were very much focused on YouTube. We were sort of big players in the world of YouTube. We'd go to lots of events. We won lots of awards. We launched a series called The Road Trip, which was pretty revolutionary at the time, taking sort of micro-influencers who, you know, some of them have gone on to become like big musicians, Grammy award-winning, uh, Troy Sivan. And, you know, taking them on trips, having them daily vlog, doing competitions. And, you know, we invested a lot of energy into YouTube. And then sort of about three years after that, everything was about native Facebook video. And it's, you know, our entire strategy had to pivot. And then now we're back to YouTube again. And I think it was that was a real eye opener for us of investing too much in one channel um, and literally putting all your eggs in one basket. And I think definitely a move to trying to own our audience in other ways. Um, and I think, you know, that's where the podcast has played a really strong role for us as well. Of You know, we've got these great stories. How do we bring them to life across all channels as opposed to being, you know, an Instagram first brand and just focusing. And, and that's kind of been the same with TikTok and its emergence. You know, it is a big channel for us. It's where our audience is. But we don't want to just pivot all our energy into TikTok now because who knows where it'll be. Well, we've looked back, maybe as we come into land here, sorry, the pun, um, let's look forward. Yeah, we're seeing innovations happening in the voice space, in particular in travel, outside of just skills. We mentioned custom-owned assistants. We've seen just this past couple of weeks, Disney launching their own Hey Disney Assistant on the Alexa platform. We've seen people like Merlin integrating, um, you know, kind of new devices into Hotel Legoland and places like that. As you look forward into the travel sector, where do you see the opportunity that voice might begin to emerge over the coming couple of years? Are there any things that you're particularly excited about? Yeah, I think what really excites me is, um, you know, the role it plays in um, booking as well. So I think no one's really looked at that kind of conversion piece. I know sort of Eurostar have touched on it and started to do things, but, you know, the ease of being able to book through voice and, you know, it's a tricky one because we're not talking about uh, a low, you know, priced item um, and it is quite an immersive experience. But being able to be guided through that booking journey of, you know, what type of experience do you want? What type of room do you want? How do you want to travel? What type of seat do you want? And being able to sort of do that and just have a very clean cut, um, direct approach, I think is quite exciting. I don't think anyone's really done that yet. Um it's something we're looking at a little bit of, you know, can we start to capture maybe deposits through voice and just the, that a little bit more instantaneous when you know that you've been inspired to travel and you can do something quite quickly. 
Um, and, and then again, I think, you know, in the inspiration space, I think there's a huge opportunity for, you know, travel brands as well as tourism boards as well to really own it and utilize it from an education perspective of, you know, what you can do in those destinations, but also, you know, more of the unearthing and discovery. That's the great thing about voices. It does take you on a journey, which lends itself so well to travel, you know, mind fun. Um, but yeah, I think it does really sort of lend itself so naturally that it's a good opportunity to start trying to educate consumers using voice of different, different things, information and you know, just getting excited about travel again and different destinations. Yeah, I mean, the data supports it in our in our own study this year in in the Voice Consumer Index. You know, we found that the most likely thing people are going to do with their voices search for best travel prices, check hotel reviews in a city, compare the difference between two or more flights, or or research flight or travel information. So that kind of research and and that destination kind of finding seems to be the thing that people are really leaning into. So you think we're going to see more of that kind of coming about? The question then is, you know, where is that going to come from? Is that going to come from the the travel operators like you, yourselves? Is it going to come from the comparison sites? Does it need to be kind of initiated by the airlines and the hotel groups? Where do you think there's most likelihood we're going to see that movement? I think it initially will kick off with the hotel um, groups um, and the flight groups. I think as they start to see the opportunity of that instantaneous booking um, and, you know, how sort of cost efficient that is, I think that's where it will start. And then I think it will become the role of the tourism boards and sort of the tour operators like ourselves to do more of that top funnel inspiration piece. But yeah, I do envisage that we'll start to see airlines adopting voice um, more readily in coming sort of months, probably as things start to, you know, ramp up again, because, you know, already we're seeing sort of demand for flights is increasing and, you know, competition for flight prices and everything is just going to go through the roof as people sort of are desperate to escape wherever they are. Well, yeah, and obviously most people's 2020, 2021 innovation budgets kind of got parked and redirected into still innovation, but innovating around COVID experience rather than doing anything to really kind of help push people forward. So we're excited to see where that goes as well. Lottie, if people want to find out more about you or more about Kentiki, where can they go on the web uh, to do that? Just head to www.kentiki.com. And if you have any questions, feel free to hit me up on LinkedIn. Excellent. Well, Lottie, thank you so much uh, for joining us on this week's episode of Talking Shop. Lottie Norman from Kentucky Travel, Director of Content and Marketing. And we're very excited to have you and looking forward to seeing the next version of the Packing Bags skill, which we'll be sharing more about when the time comes. But for now, thanks so much for joining us this week on this episode of the show and uh, wish you well and hopefully many happy flights soon. Likewise. Thanks, James. You've been listening to Talking Shop from Vixen Labs. If you'd like to download any of the Voice Consumer Index 2021 resources mentioned in this episode, then head over to vixenlabs.co slash VCI, where you can get the white paper, executive summary, and more delivered straight to your inbox. Until next time, keep talking.